Hello and welcome to Women in Customer Success podcast. I'm Maria Skovepile, your host, and this is episode 34. Today I'm talking to Emilia Danzaka, the founder and CEO of management consultancy Growth Molecules and one of the world's most influential customer success leaders. We talk about Emilia's journey from burnout in corporate America to starting her own business and how that experience is driving her latest initiative, writing a book about working moms in tech. Also, the main focus of today's episode is how to be a boss of your own career. I'm really excited that you will hear this because I think it's a real gem. Emilia is sharing some precious career lessons. So whether you're out on a walk listening to this or you're cooking or driving, be ready to take some notes. So let's get into it. This is such an honor today because I'm talking to Emilia Danzaka. Hey, Emilia, welcome to Women in Customer Success podcast. It's great to have you here. Hi, Maria. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you today. So you're one of those role models that everyone loves. So I'm really, really so happy that we can have the conversation today. For those few people who still don't know you, would you like to tell us a bit about yourself and your background? Yes. So my name's Amelia. I'm based in California and I am like you from Europe. I'm from Naples, Italy, and I stumbled into customer success. I was actually studying to become a lawyer and did my first degree in history and Canadian studies. But then I fell in love with the tech scene in San Francisco while on a road trip from Canada. And I just decided, you know what, I want to spend my career in technology. And so that's what I've done. And the word customer success did not exist when I joined the dot-com world in the late 90s. And so I was a project manager. I worked in marketing events, and then one day stumbled into an account management position at Jobvite. And I've never looked back. I've held every position possible in customer success from training to support to a customer success manager to a chief customer officer. And today I am a management consultant. So I own my own company. I've been consulting for the past three years And I work with companies to help them build their customer success programs. It seems that you had a long journey in the corporate world, and now you are your own boss. You have your own company. Would you like to tell us what prompted you to start your own business? I'd love to. When I started three years ago, I had been the vice president of customer engagement at WalkMe. And honestly, I was completely burnt out. I built a team in less than one year with 35 people globally, and then went on to help build a startup within a startup with customer success stories and engagement. So helping share the stories of our customers with the world. And I was burnt out during those three years, I went and got my MBA at night and on the weekends, and I had three children at home. And I did my MBA with a focus on global strategy and competition. So writing my thesis 
met traveling to India where my client was and then Thailand to do some pro bono work and then to New Zealand to finish the strategy piece. So I was hardly ever home those three years. And I just watched as my children were growing up without me. And I just said, I cannot keep up this pace if I want to enjoy being a mom. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to go and become a consultant and help other companies do what I've had to do the hard way. And that's trying and failing, trying and failing. Now I have proven methodologies that I'm able to help with other companies building their customer success programs. Wow. What a story. <laughs> three children, three different continents in three years, because just the VP job wasn't enough. There was MBA as well. Okay, there's so many questions, obviously. When you were already on that leadership position and had your family, what was that time when you realized, oh, you still needed to maybe fit in MBA at a point? How was all of that coming together at the same time? I was turning 40 in a couple years, and I thought I'm not getting any younger. I love education. I love books. My company is not going to pay for it, but I believe that I'm worth the investment. And so I didn't even tell my partner, my husband, I just applied, I got in, and then I announced it to him that I was going back to school to get my MBA. And of course, I was terrified. And he said, I don't know, are you sure you want to do this? And I said, well, you're going to help me by taking a more leadership role in raising our children. And he just completely stepped up and helped so that I could do all this traveling and still keep my job. I just wanted to do it for myself. And I wanted to do it to help build my confidence. Even though I had attained that VP status, I wanted to have that knowledge from a financial perspective to be able to go into rooms and say, I have the data, I have the experience, I have the education, and to be able to call people out confidently if I didn't agree with them, whereas I may not have had that confidence before. So that's what I believe achieving an MBA helped me overcome that lack of confidence in what I knew. It is extraordinary just to hear how many successes you had and still there was that potential little doubt of confidence there almost it still wasn't enough i'm very happy that you have achieved that mba i mean under remarkable circumstances really tell me now when you are having your own company when it comes to your work and life balance are you now much more content in the sense that you can really create it in your own way is it like a complete different world than it was previously I will say I probably still work just as much, if not more, when you're running your own company, you do think about it seven days a week, you can't help it. And then especially if you have people on your team that you want to help be successful, you want to bring in business so that they have work as well, you're always thinking about it. But no one is telling you how you have to do it. And that's what I think one of the biggest problems is in corporate America, there are all these this red tape, there's all this micromanagement. And I don't work well in those circumstances. I like to have goals put in front of me. I like to have someone who will enable me, who will give me advice, but then will also get out of my way so that I can get the work done and achieve those goals. And 
being my own boss allows me to do that. The other nice thing is, for example, yesterday, I blocked an hour on my calendar at lunch so that my daughter and I could go for a hike. And that hour in my day, I may not have had because in corporate America, I just felt like people didn't have any regard for me and taking a lunch or taking a break. They just booked over anything I had that wasn't customer facing. So there are pros and cons. As a consultant, you never know when your next client will come through. But at the same time, it allows me to have more control over how I spend my hours. And you're still very, very active in customer success community. Maybe you would like to tell us a bit more of what are those communities and initiatives that you're involved? Because when I see the list, the list seems really huge. So what would you kind of take apart? What would you like to showcase? No matter what you put on your plate as you're growing your own personal career for our listeners, make sure you know how to say no. I all the time have to say no and decline invitations to do things because otherwise my life does get out of balance and I can't spend time with the people that really matter to me in my life. I choose to be part of the Catalyst Coaching Corner where I'm coaching a couple times a quarter to aspiring customer success professionals, for example. I also am on the Customer Success Leadership Network because I want to enable our aspiring leaders. And so I give my time to that on a regular cadence. And then I'm on the University of San Francisco board for their MBA program for customer success, because as I've mentioned, I believe that everyone should constantly be educating themselves. You don't need your company to tell you you need education. There are too many things like this podcast out there to help you learn. And so I I really like being on education boards. And that's the public. I'm on a board for pool as well that I like to give my time to again, because I really believe in education and want to give back to my community that my children are part of. That's so wonderful. And I'm sure that you're greatly benefiting in certain ways by being involved in all of these initiatives. I'm especially interested in that MBA program for customer success. I'm very passionate myself about education and learning. Is there already the first MBA for customer success or you are working on it? (laughs) So USF is working on it. Their first cohort should start next September. However, in France, there is now an MBA program for customer success. I tweeted about it maybe a month ago. It just launched. So just like... Jason Lemkin on one of his newsletters a few days ago talked about how Google put out a report on how SaaS is going to explode. Well, SaaS companies are typically not successful without a customer success team. Customers need help recognizing the impact from a SaaS platform. And so I do believe understanding metrics, understanding adoption, Uh, and growth is something that there's still room for more education and as a discipline at a university level. Thank you. I will be checking that one out and we should put it in the show notes as well. Yes, MBA in customer success. Okay, Emilia, I would also like to talk about your career lessons and tips that you would have for other people that are in customer success. So for example, very often in our women's community, we are hearing how 
we have an amazing community of customer success, amazing role models, and we like to hear from them. We also have now more and more voices who are maybe on a customer success managerial level, really starting their career. But it seems that it is very difficult to bridge that gap between almost the entry level into the leadership positions and just navigating through our own careers. So I wonder what would be some of your advice, how to come to that next level? And in general, what are the usual approach that you would tell us when it comes to the career? So as part of my consulting practice, I do coach executives and customer success managers. And I'll give you a story to hopefully answer this question. I recently coached someone in Brazil, and he said to me, I really want to become a leader. I've been a customer success manager for several years now, and I feel like I'm ready for that next step. And so we walked through his career and what he was really passionate about. And what we came to the realization was that he's not passionate about leading people. He just didn't realize that there's more to customer success than leadership. Leadership requires that you're often a psychologist, a firefighter, a lot of different things for your teams. And not everyone wants to actually be doing that. So I would encourage the audience to think about get a piece of paper, write down what are all the things you're passionate about and what other things within customer success can you try? I was a customer success manager for six years before I became a director. And I held every position from support, training, customer success, renewals, etc. And so when I went on to become a director, I had under my belt all of the different roles and they were lateral moves but those lateral moves allowed me to gain the experience I needed to be a better leader. So that's my advice. What I'm trying to say is get as much experience as you can in different roles before you go after that leadership role. You will be so much more successful and able to help your team be successful. So what you're saying basically is have that knowledge from the ground and that will make you or that could make you a very good leader when you have it under your belt. Yes, I don't think there's shortcuts. And if you are put in a leadership position without that type of experience, which happens all the time, look at CEOs who start companies, they have no idea what they're doing. Make sure you get some mentors and an executive coach, people to help you figure it out who have seen the playbook before to really support you. And I mean, I'll be honest, a lot of companies don't believe that they don't give their employees a budget for these kind of things. And some of my clients pay for this type of executive coaching out of their pockets. And I believe that they're getting ahead because they're able to get instant support, as opposed to trying and failing. A lot of companies don't let you fail. They might give you one chance, but then you fail too many times you're out of there. This is a wonderful advice that you're giving us. Don't rush towards leadership position just because it is a position, a title. Make sure that you gather loads of different lateral experiences that will help you. That's amazing. Right. Emilia, what is it that you are passionate about in your work? Well, I think this year, given COVID and the different opportunities that I've received through this pandemic, 
for me, what's become really important and what I'm really passionate about is elevating different groups of people in customer success. So right now, when you look at the leadership roles, the majority of them are, are men. And when I'm looking and helping companies hire, and I'll give an example right now, I'm a fractional vice president for a company and they're looking for their, their target base that they're working with are predominantly African-American churches. So they would like to hire someone who understands their client base and they'd like to hire an African-American leader. Now, when I'm working with a recruiter, he is African-American and he has told me that there are about 40 leaders in the United States who have that title. 40. In a zero. Of United in, States. in 350 million people in this country, there are about 40 leaders who are African-American. And that, that is injustice, not because there, there are people out there that are, it's not because they're not qualified, it's because they haven't been given the opportunities. So this year, I feel very fortunate that I've been given so many different opportunities. I really want to elevate African-Americans, it's Black History Month in America. I want to elevate women and I want to elevate other minority groups around the world to help achieve their goals, whether it's leadership, gaining more education, gaining access to um, different avenues to grow their careers. That, that's what matters to me because if we lift these communities up, then the entire country, the entire world is lifted up as a whole. And that is really important to me. Tell me more about it. What is it that you are doing in order to provide that opportunities to elevate others? Yeah, so I hopefully through all of my social media, I am constantly writing and sharing education that I think I wish I would have had when I was starting my career. So hopefully I'm enabling free access to this type of education through my website and all my social media. I'm a mentor on the Catalyst um, coaching corner. So I work with two CSMs pro bono uh, a month. And then I always offer free 15 minute consultations to people who aren't really sure if they want coaching or mentoring, they just want to explore the idea, or they might just be really stuck and they have a quick question. I always tell people, hey, shoot me the question. I'll see if I can help. And this morning, for example, I met with a woman from, um, she's based in London, her company's in San Francisco, and she's looking at a CS platform. So I shot her a message on uh, the customer success network community saying, hey, here's my calendar link. Looks like you're stuck. If you want help, schedule some time. And she said, you know what, my baby's sleeping. I may have to let you go, but I would love your help with this one question. And so we quickly went through it. And I hope that I was able in those 15 minutes to help her figure out this challenge she's having so that she can go back to her team and help them make the right decision. Thank you for that beautiful example, Emilia. <laughs> I'm sure she really appreciates that. <laughs> Let's talk about really taking control of your career like a boss. You should be the CEO of your own career. 
you should never allow uh, you know your manager to tell you what would be your next step or to your organization to tell you what is allowed for you or what should be your next move but how does it actually work in practice because sometimes it is really hard to recognize the opportunities where you can elevate your career or opportunities where you just need to maybe walk away what does it mean to be a boss of your own career i 100% agree that you should not wait for anyone to promote you or tell you what you should do with your career you should constantly be educating yourself their podcasts their books on audio that you can sign out from your library um their free ted talks that you can listen to figure out what you're passionate about and then get a piece of paper write down all the different roles that you might be interested in exploring and don't wait for someone to create those roles for you start asking hey i'm really interested in this job you're doing can i have an informational interview even if it's just 15 minutes come to the table tell them exactly what you're interested in exploring and if they're willing to give you a bit of time and then make sure you show up prepared and i've always told people on my team if you want to be a leader you want to be a boss of your career don't do what's in the job description work yourself out of that job description work yourself into the new one and show up at the table dressed and prepared the way you see those people in those roles if you can do that you will soon be in those roles and if your company doesn't have those roles open for you get out of there go to find those those opportunities uh because we all eventually work ourselves out of our job and the biggest mistake you can make is being comfortable in a role always find a way to be uncomfortable in your career that's that's how you grow and that's why i named my company growth molecules i believe in exponential growth and the only way to do that is to remain uncomfortable this is now really interesting what does it mean to be comfortable in your own role do you think there are particular cues of behavior that you would recognize with people who are very comfortable if you're comfortable in your role you work 9 to 5 you do the bare minimum if you're comfortable in your job you can do your job with your eyes closed you dread monday morning you're miserable and there are more bad days in your job than good days those are the three things if you're uncomfortable you're excited about monday morning that you're going to learn something new that you can enable your customers and your team your colleagues you don't have to have a boss title to be a leader in your organization you see a challenge within your company or something's broken don't complain about it come to the table with a piece of paper with the challenge and what you think will fix the issue that's being uncomfortable always finding ways to make things better and being out of your comfort zone again you don't have to have a title problem fixer or it doesn't have to be in your job description find ways to challenge yourself and you'll soon be seen as the leader in your organization amelia you're full of practical advice and it's just amazing to listen about so many different initiatives that you're involved with i think this is really very inspiring for other women you and 
your partner Sabrina, right, are planning to do a book on motherhood in the corporate America. Tell us more about the initiative. It sounds absolutely needed and wonderful. (laughs) Well, thank you for mentioning that. Yes, my partner, Sabina Pons, she was actually a client of mine, and I've been mentoring and coaching her this past year. And I told her about a project that I'm working on with one of my business partners, Paul Reeves. And she came back to me and said, Amelia, would you be willing to write a book with me? And I said, great, but uh, if we're going to do it together, we have to do it about something we're both really passionate about. And we're both mothers in technology. I have a son and two daughters. And I say I have a fourth because my dog is like my baby. We're both mothers in technology. And so we put together this survey. Hopefully our audience will, will fill it in. I'll share the link to it for your notes. But It will only take about five to 10 minutes, but there isn't anything out there that talks about being a mother in technology. And I just remember when I was at Jobvite and I was running their professional services and traveling a lot and breastfeeding and having to write in my contracts that they had to provide a room besides a bathroom with a plug so that I could pump milk for my baby. And it was so incredibly embarrassing to have to go into a paper room and praying that no one would open the door or when I went back to work and they just put some brownish paper on a room that you could kind of still see in the windows. And I was always so nervous about someone seeing me pump my milk. And these are terrible experience for a brand new mother. And so our goal with this survey We have 143 voices, so we're hoping to get more. But our goal with this survey is not only to learn from women around the world in different economic uh, situations that are working in technology, how are they doing it? How can they inspire others? And what challenges do they have so that others can learn, be inspired by the book, but hopefully corporate America will make motherhood an okay thing that will welcome mothers to come back because right now during the pandemic I have so many friends who have not gone back to work they said Amelia how can we all be working at home my children are on zoom school they're little and they can't even figure how to get on I can't possibly go back to work I'll have a nervous breakdown and so we believe that that the working place especially in technology needs to be more accommodating for mothers because I believe as a mother, we're power workers. We get stuff done. And so that's what this mission is about. Absolutely. We get stuff done. I can totally relate with that. We are having two children at home and two careers and homeschooling at the moment for only a few more weeks. And then back to school and it just seems that there is a huge you know bright light at the end of the tunnel because certainly it is very challenging time for everyone i'm really really interested to see how your initiative with the book will progress i do think you will get amazing diverse responses when i'm talking to someone from corporate america like you for example you're hearing all of those experiences and they are very similar all around the world but then I'm based in the UK and I'm European, where at least 12 months of maternity leave is 
very normal in most of the countries uh, where, especially now with pandemic, being in tech actually means very positive workplace for your family because you should be able to arrange your calendar around childcare and the school. So I'm sure there will be so many variety of answers and I'm really looking forward to that book and also exploring geographical differences. That's something that I'm also very passionate about as well as having conversation with mothers who are experiencing all of those difficulties due to having family, which shouldn't be the case. So that is great. I'm going to put the link to the survey in the show notes. How many voices would you like to have in the survey? I would like to have a thousand. That's the goal we've set up for ourselves. And the reason is, again, I want a variety. You just said in Europe, it's 12 months. In Canada, where I grew up, it's similar. But in the United States, the majority of mothers, like when I had my first daughter, was six weeks. And with my second, I took only vacation days. I took five and a half weeks and I went back to work. And I can't tell you how difficult It was, and I hope that things change for American women because being at home with your baby for a mere five and a half weeks with no sleep and being forced to go back to work because you can't afford anything else is just for me very difficult to support. To be honest, from the perspective of us in Europe, it is very much unbelievable that a progressive country like America is having those policies in place. So let's hope that little by little in different steps, we all can influence better decision making in that area. For the end, I would like to hear from you. Is there anyone in the business whom you admire? Wow, there's so many. In customer success, I would say Catherine Blackmore. uh, She's at Oracle. She's really led the way for women in leadership. She just has continued to climb that ladder. Now she manages a global customer success team. And she's just an amazing woman. I've had the opportunity to speak with her now on two events. And being able to sit with her in the back room was just really special for me. And then the other one I would say is Jean Bliss. She is another amazing woman that I've had the opportunity to learn from, read her books. I've met her a couple of times and she actually took a call from me to give me advice when I was starting my consulting three years ago. So just a phenomenal woman who really put customer experience on the map and what is a chief customer officer. So I really respect her as well. And then the... The woman I will, the last woman I will mention is at Square. She's the head of customer success. And her name is because I'd like to interview her for this book, Naomi Willis. So she's another one, African-American, paving the way for African-American leaders in customer success. So another person that I admire in technology. Thank you, Amelia. This has been such a wonderful conversation. It was great having you on the show. And thank you so much for sharing your amazing practical tips with the audience. Thank you for having me, Maria. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, I'd like to hear from you. So connect on LinkedIn, Instagram and womeninCSpodcast.com. And if you like this podcast, leave a review on Apple Podcasts and, of course, subscribe so you don't miss out of the following episode. Have a great day and talk to you soon.